Hey, let's go answer the bell, huh? If we just know what we're doing, work at it, and concentrate and do it. Let's go, fellas! Here we go. Welcome into another episode of the Patriots Podcast. I'm Sean here with Ryan and JJ. Hello. What's up? All right. All right. So it's not the greatest week. Uh, COVID is striking across the NFL. Colds are spreading everywhere, including to some of your favorite podcasts, podcasters, uh, even a few of us. Please excuse any of the audio problems or voice distortions that may be caused by various various viruses clean of the covid but uh the nfl is not clean of the covid right now oh boy is the league under fire games are getting moved players are getting placed on on reserve lists the browns had to sign a quarterback because they didn't have anybody uh and just today the patriots put seven players on their covid list so uh things are not calming down at all uh but that is no excuse for what happened on saturday night with a fairly clear Injury list for the Patriots. They go into Indianapolis and lay an absolute dud. They get smoked Egg. right out of the gate, scoreless in the first half, go down 20 to nothing, and get basically run out of the dome. They they came back at the end, but James, what what went wrong? Um, well, it was just really a sloppy game altogether. You know, to go down 14 nothing, they could have come out firing. Indy's offense is not good. And it just, I mean, you got Justin, uh, you got Taylor there, who is obviously a special player. Carson Wentz can't really throw. They really didn't want him to throw. But, you know, when you break it down, we had a lot more mistakes, a lot more penalties than them. The biggest things to me were the special teams breakdowns. Pretty much cost you the game. Uh, Mac Jones throwing throwing two picks is bad, but in an environment like that with a, you know, playoff contention game here, you kind of expect some of that, and you could have overcame it. He kind of worked his way out. He kind of worked his way back from those two picks. It was the blocked punt for a touchdown, which puts them up 14 nothing. Really just put a nail into you. And then, you know, later in the game, they missed a kick, and we jumped off sides. So it's like, And it's like, that's not supposed to be happening. On the blocked punt, someone came right up, not even right over the center where it usually causes problems. It was over the guard position. It was the Johnson blocking there. Just a breakdown between him and whoever was next to him. I don't know what happened. Like that's not supposed to happen. Like that's not how you get a. You're supposed to get a block punt. That's just terrible. And that offsides where they get end up getting three. That's a ten point swing. That's what they won by. At the end of the game, you would have been playing for something. And I'm sure other things would have went differently too. So, yeah, not too good. Uh, the first half especially was uncharacteristically um, sloppy. Uh, it's a tough game. Colts came out. Uh, they looked fired up. The crowd looked fired up. Uh, they, they did. Were, they were loud. You know, who knows how much of that noise is legit. Um, <laughs> but I, I think uh, for the most part, especially in the first half, Patriots got outplayed. There was the, the block punt for a touchdown was a biggie. Uh, going down 14 to nothing there. Um, I can't remember what happened as far as uh, was there an interception there when we were driving. Yeah, yeah, right after the block punt, we threw an interception, which was just a bad play. That was to Darius Leonard. And they ran the ball like crazy in the first half. I mean, they they were just dominating the clock, and they were getting points from it. And then about four minutes left in the second quarter, they go up seventeen or nothing, and it's it's looking pretty grim. Uh, eight penalties for fifty yards. And I think the Colts only had two, um, which was also the, bullshit, by the way. Yeah. Oh, totally. And we can get into that later uh, in a little more detail. But uh, some of the negative plays, negative runs, and then the two interceptions. 
they they killed you. Um, the one to Leonard was just a really bad read by uh, Mac. He looked like he didn't see him. But the one to Okarike, I don't know what you can do about that. That was just a, that was a really good defensive play. That was a spectacular defensive play. I mean, and then I, I thought later in the game we lost Duggar, um, which was um, they they also lost Pittman on the cold side. So it was probably a decent trade. Yeah, uh, but I thought losing Bentley really hurt us. Right, as far as stopping the run later in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely had a bunch of injuries throughout the game uh, that that weakened what the Patriots were able to put on the fields. Going down big to start with uh, is difficult. It's always going to be difficult for a rookie quarterback to come back from a deficit, never mind a three-score deficit the way it was. You know, they, they get, I think it was just critical. We had an opportunity to win the middle eight in this game, and they were, were losing 17 nothing. We're driving at the end of the first half. It winds up with that interception that ends the first half. Uh, that Darius Leonard one, and then we get the ball to start the second half, and the same thing, an interception right there. They yeah. wind up cashing that in for a field goal after Brandon King jumps off sides to give him a second chance. And now it's 20 to nothing when really it could have been 17-10 or even 17-14 had we cashed in those two possessions right in the center of the game. So it, it really put us on our heels. And then we go down, we uh, can't convert on fourth and one at, at midfield in the third quarter. That was just kind of this weird blown play where Hunter Henry wasn't ready for it. Aguilar seemed like... It was a like, bad play call, too. Uh, it was a strange, strange play call to just, throw there. Just stunk. And, you know, by the time we got into the second half, it, we basically abandoned the run. And things were working fairly well in the passing game at that point. They, they hadn't been in the first half, but there was just no running game to speak of. We became one-dimensional thought Mac actually played pretty good outside a couple of those those plays uh, that, that wound up being turnovers. Hunter Henry really stepped up, particularly in the se- second half. He continues to excel in the red zone. I thought Nelson Aguilar was strong on the ball. I thought he, he yeah. played a really tough game. He ends up getting knocked yeah. out, unfortunately. Uh, Nikhil Harry played so-so. He made one big play down the field and, and big play wound up getting yeah. knocked out as well. So the that kind of contributes to the loss of, of speaking, bodies at wideout. Not to completely cut you off here, but uh, speaking of getting like the hits, the guys getting knocked out. I want to say in the fourth quarter, especially when we were really throwing it, they were getting away with bloody murder on their defensive front, on their defensive backfield. I mean, uh, there was a clear play. I don't know if it was the one that knocked out Henry or somebody else, but they basically it was a helmet to helmet before the ball even got there on a receiver. And there was nothing. There was no flag. It's like there's two clear penalties there. Yeah. Either you call the defenseless receiver or you call PI. They called nothing. And it's like that was happening a few times. There were some guys getting mal- – they were letting them play, but it was to the point where it was like a little too much. Come on, guys. You got you to gotta make them think there could be a penalty occasionally. They were holding our defensive line. There was a whole series, one of the last series there. They held our defensive line on every single play. You could have called two or three guys holding. I think we got a sack on one of them, and Barrymore and uh, Judon both got held. So I don't know what the fuck was going on, but it was pretty egregious to me that it was one fairly one-sided. Yeah, we definitely didn't get the benefit of the doubt on a lot of the calls. You could see over uh, in the sideline, Bel- Belichick was losing his mind um, when when Harry got hit in the head. It, it was just clear helmet. It to was helmet. Harry, right? And it was before the ball got there. Yeah. Like that's it, PI. It was textbook helmet to helmet, and I don't understand what the refs are doing there. And then there was another one to, to uh, Kendrick Bourne over the middle, where I mean they usually call that, but you know 
they they got to make the calls. What can you say? I thought for the most part, um, Indy deserved the game. Yeah, they deserved to win the game. But you know, some of the shit going on there was pretty frustrating to watch. God, awful chippy, awful chippy. We had a couple ejections in that game. I was screaming, uh, mostly just frustrated at the way the game was going about. But the fact that Michael Pittman instigates the fight with Kyle Duggar, and then uh, yeah. everyone's just like, oh, that was a clearly a one-sided thing it was like just be, the guy instigates the fight with a basically a helmet that's already falling off now duggar right. did take a swing and knocked it off but uh i don't there's got to be something about if you go and attack somebody and you get hit it's yeah, not right. all on the other guy you started yeah, and right. so i i credit the officials for noticing that they probably did it to try to maintain some semblance of control of the game I mean, Carson Wentz and Judon are getting into it. Carson Wentz thinks he went after the family jewels. And then T.Y. Hilton straight up knocks knocks an official like yards deep Bro. onto his ass and nobody notices? How does yeah, that happen? Yeah, they didn't throw a flag. Nothing. What is that about? It was bizarre. Bizarre that they didn't call that. And then Belichick even called that out in his press yeah, conference. Press he was conference. like, that was egregious. Like, I don't know how you don't call that. He never refers to the refs. Yeah, he was pissed after the game. He was very short, too. Um, I don't understand how the commentators, you got some guy there, I don't know, and then Greg Olson with his Thanos chin. <laughs> is, uh, you know, looks like a big scrotum. Anyway, uh, I don't know how he doesn't see. Duggar's turned around with his, the back of his jersey to Pittman, and Pittman shoves him in the back with his helmet basically off. Yeah, You know, it, it took almost nothing for Duggar to take his helmet off. He turned around and just threw, threw a quick slap almost yeah. took the helmet right off yeah and, and that, they made it sound like it was all kyle duggar and you know what i mean it's really weird yeah Pittman got his ass beat too he wound up on his back uh which is uh, good to see thanks thanks duggar thanks for at least winning winning the fight if you're gonna get kicked out win yeah, uh, yeah. we do have to talk about in the fourth quarter pats are down 13 points decide to kick the field goal to Bring that down to 10 points. So this is with nine minutes to go in the game. It's fourth and goal from the seven-yard line. Now, it should have been fourth and goal from the two-yard line. But once again, we got a false start. We just had these crippling penalties throughout the game. Yeah. You know what was interesting about that false start, too, is they didn't show a replay. And on that false start, you had 15 or the entire defense also jump in point to the offensive line, which was – I was – I was pretty suspect about that. I was like, well, wait a second. Because, and on the announcement uh, on the radio, Zoe was saying, oh, the whole defense just jumped. And they're all pointing at a guy, and they immediately throw the flag, and they don't show a replay. Yeah. Conspiracy I that was James. Pretty, Conspiracy pretty sketchy. James in the house. Pretty friggin' sketchy. <laughs> but is that the right move? I was okay with it. Yeah, I mean, I was fine with it because it was a lot of mistakes. We were causing, we're, we, you know, on top of the refs, we were making a lot of mistakes. And it's like, get the points. Yeah, you have, get the points. There's a lot of time yeah, left. Yeah. So, I felt like you had a good chance there. You had a third and two, and then you have on Wenu jump. I think he jumped. I don't know. I never showed the replay, but now it's third and seven from the Indy seven. I feel like you kind of need a touchdown there, but the way it was looking, it didn't look like we were going to get a touchdown there. So take the points, try to get the ball back. And um, unfortunately, the Colts just take, took up way too much time with that run game. We couldn't stop the run. No. So, they went for it in the fourth and one, right? They kept going for it on fourth down. I think they got it every time. It was like three three sneaks, I want to say, and we couldn't stop the sneak. A uh, couple times were close. but That's one thing we... Wentz is good at is the little QB sneak. 
I mean, I'll, I'll give it to Mac Jones, though. You know, he was down. He threw two picks. You're you're down by a lot. It could have gotten a lot uglier for him, and instead he clawed his way back, made a bunch of completions and good throws on third downs. He made one where he was, you know, running right, got hit, threw it left. It was a completion for a few yards to get the first down on third down. Um, he ends up with two touchdowns, and he got you right where you thought you needed to be at the very end when, you know, when all the chips were on the table in the fourth quarter, it was like, okay, these several things need to happen. We got the two touchdowns. We got three points. You know, you needed to score again. Um, we had, you know, and our defense was in a position to stop them, and they let off, what, a 70, 80-yard touchdown. So it's like he could have done something with that. But then your defense folded with two of the best people in the hole to make the tackle, and both of them, unfortunately, whiffed. Yeah, yeah, that was upsetting. So Mac Mac finishes twenty six for forty five two ninety nine almost gets to the three bills mark two interceptions one sack definitely definitely outplayed Carson Wentz who had five completions on twelve attempts touchdown interception one sack uh, both of them ran the ball about the same Carson did convert a bunch of third downs QB sneaks but I mean you look at the stats in this game and this just screams out one of those games where a team got an early lead and then they just played conservative ball the whole way. Yep. Yep. And they, mm-hmm. they made some opportunistic plays uh, and just basically... Frank Reich's a hell of a coach. He's a good coach. He might be one of the best coaches outside of Belichick right now. He's up there. He's a good coach. He's got to play well. They're on fire right now. I don't know how many straight... What do they have, six straight wins? After an 0-4 start, something like that, they were really getting killed for a while there to start the season. He's got them playing well, though. They seem like, mm-hmm. they seem like they're up for it. And, uh, you know, of, Col- of course, Colts fan acts like they won the Super Bowl after they beat the Patriots. So great, good. You know what Nothing that does get. usually as a kick that kills those teams. They win their Super Bowl midseason and then they're done. <laughs> okay, note to self: bet against the Colts next week. One more thing: how good is Darius Leonard? I mean, he's ripping balls out. He's <laughs> he's a beast. He's, he's all a, over the damn place. He's he's two fifteen. Can you believe oh. he's two fifteen? He looks way bigger than that. He's just shredded and just. I can't even imagine a, a, a linebacker of 215 five, ten years ago. Now this guy's like arguably the best linebacker in the league right now. He's playing like it. You know? Guy's guy's freak. Terrific player. He's got spider arms. He's got elongation arms. Well, you know, like when you're saying that, Ryan, I mean, part of it is that everything's smaller. You know, your running backs, you don't have your six-foot, you know, Derrick Henry's in a league of his own these days where back, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago, you had – defense uh you had running backs that were 230 on the reg like there were a couple right. guys in the league that were 230 now it's like it's the scat back is you know the flavor of the last few years where smaller guys more more passing james white types where you need these smaller linebackers you start getting a few more derrick henry's in there i yeah. think the days of the 215 uh linebackers are going to be you know shorter it's not going to be happening as much so yeah. we'll see but they're not recruiting running backs like that anymore. You know, Edrin, you know, uh, who do I always think of on the Titans? Eddie George. It's like, there's no fucking Eddie Georges running around right now. Jerome Bettis. Remember yeah. Jerome Bettis did the boss? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of guys over the years that were just fucking beasts. Over yeah. six feet, two, it's weird. 22, 30. Stevenson's one of the biggest guys running backs right now, I feel like. Yeah, but I don't think he's playing at that weight that they haven't listed at. He's not, but I mean, he's still one of like probably 220, 230, and he's one of the bigger guys. Yeah, yeah. he's close I to thought... 230. Jonathan Taylor is a big old boy too. 
Jonathan Taylor's 225 track star speed, too. Um, I thought, I mean, more and more, I feel like those 215 kind of safety linebackers are becoming like a hot commodity. Every team's, I mean, Uche is kind of like that a little bit, right? But he only really played. Yeah. He's bigger. He's like 240, 250. Got Isaiah Simmons, Derwin James kind of type. Yeah. Kyle Duggar, Adrian Phillips. We got a couple of them on the roster at the moment. Uh, so, you know, it's a disappointing game. We we were all pretty confident going into this, uh, and that was based on two months of really solid football play. And then they came out and they they laid an egg from, from the get-go. Mac Jones said they had mm-hmm. a, a difficult week of practice. Uh, I'm sure it is difficult to go real hard for four months the way they did, take a week off, and then ramp it all the way back up to 100 right away. Yeah. Well, there was also something they were saying that because they ended on a Monday night and their next game was on a Saturday, that they got a day or two taken away from their bye. So people were not too happy with that, which you think about it. I I understand what they're saying. Like, I'd rather them not bitch about it. But it's like, you're right, because if you started on Sunday and then played on Sunday when you came back, you'd have Monday vacation and you'd have another vacation day because you weren't playing on Saturday. You had to travel. Yeah, no so, doubt. Kind of a bummer. So the Patriots find themselves at nine and five. We're still number two in the AFC. The uh, the Chiefs moved to ten and four with a a pretty fun victory over the Chargers. We'll talk about that in one second. But we're only a game ahead of the Bills for the the divisional lead at this point. The Bills got a win in Carolina. Carolina was playing without a kicker and Cam Newton, so they were totally hamstrung. <laughs> uh, and Patriots will see the Bills next week, and there's there's a lot to go over for the implications in that game that we'll talk about later. But for the meantime, Pats find themselves in the second seed. Tennessee is tied with the nine to five record, but due to the head to head victory that the Patriots got over the Titans, they have that tiebreak edge and they'll maintain that throughout. But the Chiefs played a a really entertaining game on Thursday night against the Chargers. They end up winning in overtime. Did you guys catch that game? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Bits and pieces, yeah. It was fun to watch. The, uh, San Diego's coaching staff's a bunch of morons. Yeah, well, the Chargers controlled the game f- almost throughout. I mean, they they're beating up on them. They wound up with everybody's talking about the the fourth down attempts, but if you just look at how many times they got in the red zone, they must have been in the red zone six, seven times in that game. Easy, like easily. Yeah. So the fact that you you could make it to the red zone that often and wind up losing eventually after a, a pretty furious fourth quarter. Uh, finish on both ends that's got to be a, a kick in the kick in the gut for those guys yeah and uh the analytics you, you got to think you know there, there's something to be said for the percentages but you gotta I go mean, with the flow of the game well how do you if, if you're gonna go by the averages you go oh on average nfl teams convert fourth downs at 65 percent, whatever it is fourth and two by 65 percent. and you go yeah what about my team versus that team right like, is, is the NFL average really that indicative of if the Detroit Lions are in a fourth and one ag- against the Green Bay Packers, do they have a 65% chance? I'm guessing no. Right. This is just the average conglomerate of everybody. Yeah. yeah. So to just take those at face value without asking another question. And then there, there's also that like sunk cost fallacy going into it. I'm sure for Brandon Staley, and I'm going to bring in some academic language, but the, uh, 
the idea that, oh, we went for it on fourth down twice already, and we should make 50% of them. So when we go for it the third time, we're definitely going to get it. It's like, yeah, but every time that's not how it restart. Yeah, exactly. Not how it works. Yeah, exactly. It's not, you're not flipping a coin. Yeah. It's not not baseball. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't like when people go over, over with analytics in football. I think it's so, so situational. You know what I mean? It's stupid. It costs the Ravens, as we'll get into in a little bit. Another game too. They went for it on fourth. They went for or they went for two instead of kicking the extra point and tying the game. They did this earlier in the year. They didn't get the fourth, uh, the two point conversion, and they lost. It's like outright, right there, you lose. You don't even get overtime. Done. You're done. Yeah. And they blew it. And so, you know, with San Diego's or I'm sorry, L.A. the Chargers, as you're saying, Sean, like after missing the first one or the first two, I'd be like, fuck it, we got to kick. We need points. This is a team that scores a lot. You lose by six. If you make three of the four or five kicks, you won the game. You win the game. Yeah, you take large. the division. It comes with all the glory, and you got fucking nothing. It's like, just play the game of football. I don't know what everyone's doing with this. Definitely a lot of overthinking going on in the NFL with, with today's coaches. And you see it around the league, and this is what costs people their jobs. And I, I like Staley. I think he's pretty good, but he's done a good job turning that thing around. That, that would I mean, we talked about it a lot last year. It was a disaster over there last year with yeah. under uh, Anthony Lynn. My my big question about this game, more so than the, uh, you know, the the kicking game, how do you allow Kelsey and Hill to get twenty two catches for three hundred thirty eight yards and three touchdowns combined? You, yeah, like, you know More what they're going planning. to do. You know, at least take one of them away and make the yeah. other one. You know what I mean? I mean, that's why, you know, Kansas City, obviously, I hope they don't get the bye, but they really don't scare me. It's not like I am have uttermost, the utmost faith in, faith in them to win out their last three games. They got the Bengals coming up. They have the Broncos coming up. They got someone else that's a decent team, too. It's not cakewalk. So, And like you said, Sean, the Chargers were in the red zone like every possession. Yeah. yeah. So, and everyone's saying Kansas City's defense, like they could have easily gave up 40 points in this game if you played it safe yeah everybody's been on kansas city's defense's uh bandwagon i don't i don't really get that they've kind of been hit or miss most of the year and usually when they're hit they're they're hitting against some dog shit teams you know terrible teams yeah yeah yep just for accuracy seven trips to the red zone in that game for the chargers there you go they barely punted yeah so they wind up losing an overtime crushing loss uh it's going to cost them the division without a doubt the other game you mentioned, the Ravens playing without Lamar Jackson, down two touchdowns to Green Bay in the fourth quarter, score a touchdown. This is where it gets – they should make a choice at this point. So they're down 31-17. They score a touchdown. If you're going to go for two on either of these – Go to the first these, one. You do the first one so you can do it again on the second one in case you miss the first one. You got the chance to tie. Instead, they kick the field – or they kick the extra point on the first one, go for two, the winner, win or lose at the end – kind of sucked it was just it wasn't well thought out uh they they end up getting stopped there the packers continue to uh move up the rankings they're clearly the number one seed in the nfc at this point uh a couple other games to go over the pittsburgh steelers defeat the tennessee titans uh titans continuing to take two steps forward one step back with a, a difficult loss Fell apart to pittsburgh 13 three in the first half yeah so I mean, Blew good, it. good for the Pats. That's great. It helps us in our, our seating. Um, but, yeah, that, that's where Pittsburgh finds – I mean, the, Tennessee finds themselves right now. Pittsburgh is in this, like, weird spot. 7-6-1. and one. Are they going to make the playoffs? Ben's, they got Kansas City got, next week. They got KC. Yeah. 
I think they're going to win. Something tells me, something tells me that and one you said at the end is going to have big playoff implications. Like that's going to put them over the edge. You know, the tie. Yeah. Um, who's that? Detroit. They tied. Speaking of Detroit, Detroit. Speaking of Detroit, laid it on the Cardinals from the get-go. Absolutely smoked them. Wind up with a thirty to twelve win. Kyler Murray is like shaken by the end of the game. They just looked terrible. What what happened? I don't know. I really honestly didn't get to see a lot of the game. Um, it looks like the Lions defense just took it to them like, badly. Yeah. You know, all field I goals. Not, I did not watch the Arizona-Detroit game, uh, I will confess. but uh, I don't blame you. You know, you mentioned that Green, Bay is, it, clear, Green Bay is the clear number one seed. Uh, that's in large part thanks to uh, the Cardinals losing because I thought they were in contention for that for sure. But, but, I love it that can't. Yeah, the Cardinals are falling apart. The Lions too coming out of the woodwork. I mean, they're a couple wins. Getting go, stringing them together, and now Jacksonville is in line to have the number one pick again. How about that, Jacksonville, the newly freed of Urban Meyer's dictatorship, Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, yeah. Wow. he had wow. the storyline. That's a movie. Did That's we not talk movie. about this yet? No, we have, we have. We have not spoken about this yet. Yeah, I what think what an utter piece of shit he is. He just took the trophy for the worst head coaching tenure in NFL history. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, by far. I mean, nobody's had like come in, been such a prick, done so bad, thought he like was the best, got caught doing all kinds of sketchy shit throughout the entire tenure, and like went down in flames. Yeah. I don't, maybe he didn't want to do it, and it was just a hit thing. Where he was like, I'm just going to try and get my guaranteed money and get the fuck out of here because he sucked. All reports are he was terrible. So good riddance. If that's your if that's your move, if you're trying to just get signed on for one of these big head coaching deals, which are fully guaranteed unless you're fired for cause. If you get fired for cause, then you don't get your money, which is what's going to be this big fight between the two sides. He's fucking hitting players. Like you can't go around hitting your coworkers or your employees, like the people that you directly super, you can't hit people and then (laughs) expect not to be fired for cause. I don't care your line of work. I don't even know if it was, I think, that was the the Lambo thing is what you're referring to. I think that was just like the final straw. I think they at that point were fishing for stuff to fire him for because he had fucked up so much. No, but it I was. I mean, if if that was his mentality going into it, right, meant, right. Yeah, I'm just. This is a cash grab. You just all you have to do is not get fired for cause. You can get fired for sucking as much as you want. You can get fired for right. just being terrible. But you you can't get fired for hitting employees yeah that's absurd i mean this is like the lowest of the low do yourself a a favor and if you want to have some good reading type in urban meyer jacksonville jaguars timeline um tim tebow (laughs) chris doyle resigns and then the the uh, what the district court or something u.s district court for the southern district of iowa uh issues meyer meyer subpoena nfl finds him what two hundred thousand dollars for breaking ota rules um the video of him grinding with the girl. Uh, that he, he he benched James James Robinson. Um, I mean, he's just getting into it with all the players, treating them like kids. Then he kicks Josh Lambeau. It's just like, dude, this yeah. should be this should be a fucking movie. This guy <laughs> is literally living off of his reputation in college, which is it's a huge jump. You know, it's these aren't kids. You know, you can threaten They're to paid take away, athletes. Yeah, in college, you can threaten to take away their their scholarship, and they're fucked. You right. know. NFL, they'll beat your ass. Yeah. NFL, these are guaranteed contracts, and you're treating them like kids, and I'm so happy to see him gone. He's what an arrogant piece of shit. 
<laughs> yep, exactly. Uh, man, it's got to be tough to be him right about now. The, the number of media outlets that are absolutely dumping on him and his character. Ouch. Well, Jacksonville, they made a huge mistake, as they, they're they prone to do. We'll see if, if they can rebound from that and salvage whatever's left of the talent McDaniels. that's on that roster. McDaniels is going to go there. Yeah, maybe. It's, it's not a bad, I mean... I think it's great. People are saying it's bad. Like, you're going to get a top three pick. You have your quarterback. You're getting a first-round running back back. It's like, you got. I don't think it's that bad. But you got an entrenched general manager, Trent Balky, who is so-so at best. Uh, and you have an ownership contingent that has proven themselves to be massively incompetent. Yeah, well, they don't know what's going on. They keep hiring the wrong idiots. Yeah, so what makes you think the next idiot that they hire... Regardless of who it is, is good. Oh, this is going to be good. I mean, they've got the talent. They can put it together. Mike Munchak did it. I will say that uh, that defense has some nice pieces there. Miles Jack, uh, what's the other kid's name? Allen. Josh Um, Allen. I mean, they got some real. That's what I mean. They got some pieces. Get an offensive line, get a defensive line. line. Offensive line is the thing, right? I mean, when you watch them play, it's like Trevor Trevor Lawrence gets killed. Under the gun, man. And he, he looks bad, too. You know, you might have to reassess. I would, in the issue of saving the kid, in, in the interest of saving the kid, you seriously might consider benching him, right? Like, he's just getting thrown to the wolves right now. Rough. Also, uh, another Jacksonville story. Jacksonville State uh, with Deion Sanders pulling the number one recruit in the country. Travis, yeah. Travis Hunter, corner from Georgia. He, he wanted pretty to go crazy. play for Dion. Dion comes with – that's pretty good. Well, that's yeah. great. I think uh, – the more, every time you look at those 300 lists or whatever, you know, it's all the same schools in the top. So it's kind of refreshing. Yeah, it's nice to see a new choice be made. He's going to, I mean, it, it's hard to judge a cornerback if he's playing Division One AA receivers when he's yeah. going to play receiver too, though. Yeah, play him at whatever you can. Put him at, definitely put him at kick returner. Uh, yeah. Okay, well, speaking of Josh Allen, let's talk about a different Josh Allen. Buffalo Bills coming into New England in the biggest game of the season so far mm-hmm. for the Patriots. Uh, it's re- it's going to decide the division if the Pats win it. It's going to almost decide the division if the Bills are able to pull it out. Josh Allen has looked spotty most of the year and certainly in the in the recent um, past. This weekend, I, I, I watched some of that Panthers game, and, and like I said, it was, it was pretty hard to watch Cam Newton and that Panthers offense, especially when they don't have the ability to kick a field goal, which is ridiculous that a team can't make an extra point field goal if your kicker gets hurt. Uh, but Josh Allen was all over the place. I mean, he, he was unimpressive in that game. He was inaccurate. Mm-hmm. And it's just the same type of stuff that we've been seeing out of him for a couple months now. And, you know, I, I, don't, I haven't seen the, the weather report yet for this weekend in New England. I can't imagine it's going to be that nice. It's not going to be any, any nicer than it was in Carolina this weekend. It's hard for me to believe that he is going to be able to do enough to just flat out beat us in terms of scoring 30 points uh, without having some ability to play ball control offense. Where what the Patriots did last time is they played bully ball on the ground. Mm-hmm. The Bills are going to be focusing not on that entirely. The thing that Mac Jones pointed out last time is that the Bills have not seen the Patriots passing game this season. And so that might be an area where we can have a bit of an edge because they don't they don't How's have that going? that experience with us. But yeah, I don't I don't know. I just I don't know how I feel well, we, about this game. I think we can 
based on last game, we know we can run on them. And now, you know, looking at the weather, like you just said, it's supposed to be like 35 degrees and sunny, so nothing too bad. Um, so we can throw in that, hopefully. Um, I think we're in their head. I think uh, their coach is a good coach, um, but we're in his head. He kind of lost it after the last game. Josh Allen, we kind of get in his head, too. Josh Allen doesn't seem to play great on the road. Uh, or when anything is not going his way, he kind of falls apart. He threw no picks last game. I think we're going to see him cough up the ball a couple times in this one. And, I, you know, a game like last week for the Patriots' loss, I feel like we kind of needed that to be like, hey, guys, you can't just show up and win. you got to practice. you gotta, you got to work at it. Um, back to regular schedule here. They have an extra day because they played Saturday, as long as everything with COVID goes well. I I'm not scared of the Bills. I'm not scared of them. I think their run game is terrible, which works to our favor. And their passing game isn't that scary. It's not that scary. I'm not worried about them going on our – because our our defense has been playing so good. I mean, even against the Colts, our, our defense let up 17 points, if that, with bad field position. So I think our defense can take it to them. We should be able to score. I'm not feeling terrible about it. Yeah. I have mixed feelings about this one. I, I, don't, I don't love it. Coming off a loss for, to the Colts, um, we just beat the Bills, and they're pretty fired up to get back here and, and play us again. Uh, we mentioned going to the air a little bit more. That's going to be tough to do with uh, Kendrick Bourne and COVID protocol. Aguilar looks banged up, and, and Harry looks banged up as well. So we've been talking about Jacoby Myers, Giannu, um, Hunter Henry, and, I mean, Jesus, Christian Wilkerson yeah. or uh, Gunnar Olszewski. I mean, it's not a lot of – options that makes me more nervous than anything uh but you've you've shown the bills before that you can run on them all day exactly so damian harris would be a nice piece to get back this week um and try to try to balance that with him and um get and the be- play action going yeah we, the one thing i think for sure is we can't be we can't be turning over the ball in this game um all those mistakes we got to get that ironed out yeah uh, you know four times as many penalties as the other team that's not going to fly and and the bills are going to be fired up for this one um so yeah i'm a little nervous about this one yeah bills certainly have a lot to play for uh they they could launch themselves into a home playoff game if they are able to pull out this victory coming up on their schedule after this is the falcons and the jets both at home in buffalo so they don't exactly have a murderer's row coming up down the stretch patriots similarly jaguars and then at the dolphins Dolphins are still riding that winning streak. They're they're looking pretty good, but uh, that's probably the toughest game of the four games remaining for these two teams. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot on line. This is the best game of the weekend. This is going to be a marquee game for for everybody across the country who's who's interested in seeing some December football here. I gotta I gotta go with the Patriots again. I think the the home edge will will help us out a little bit. Yeah. I mean, no Bills Mafia going on, and Josh Allen definitely seems to feed off of that. When he's playing at home, and you gotta keep blitzing him, keep blitzing him, keep the pressure on, keep him uncomfortable, force him to go left. That was one thing that I did notice the Panthers were doing, is they were rushing two guys wide on Josh Allen's right side, so they just would not. They were creating a wall to his right because he is he just loves escaping the pocket and going to his right. So they were doing like a high low on his right side, so he couldn't go that way. That's something that the Patriots like to try to do. I haven't seen that exact tactic where they really outflank him like that. Mm-hmm. So I'd be interested to see if they try to replicate that with some of our guys up front. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely worried about the injuries on the outside, uh, but the double tight end look 
could could be fruitful for us. And hopefully Damian Harris is back and we can have two running backs split in time there. I'm going to go Patriots 24 to 20. Not a super high scoring game, but also not a really low scoring game like it was last time. I just think we're going to have the edge at home. Yeah, I think we're going to win. I'd like to see it be pretty handedly. Uh, we got to start fast. We're a much better team when we can start fast and use the run throughout the game. So hopefully it's not like last week where we did shut them out on the first, you know, in their first series, but we did nothing in return. So hopefully we can shut them out on their first series. We score, get a little breathing room and keep going. Um, this would be, as you said, huge for the standing. So I'm going to go uh, 27-13, Pats. Yeah, um, I think this is about the defense. If the defense shows up and keeps them, you know, in check for the most part, I like our chances. I think uh, we. I'd love to see us come out and try to do something at least similar to what we did last time and use that six, uh, six offensive lineman, double tight end, uh, heavy dose of Jakob Johnson. And, um, yeah, I'm going to go 16-10, low-scoring game Patriots. Wow, there right. you go. Yeah, you mentioned the six offensive lineman look. We haven't thrown the ball out of that look much, but it's a it's a really strong play action look, and you can get some pretty good pass protection with those guys out front, and still have three guys in. Bring it in. Yeah. If Harry, pass. if Harry could clear um, concussion, that'd be pretty huge. I'd be I'd feel a lot better at this game uh, about this game because Bourne's definitely gone and Aguilar didn't look too good. Um, Bourne's definitely gone with the COVID thing. Bourne's on in COVID protocol, so yeah, I would imagine. Because they usually can test before the game, and if he passes the test, whatever test he's been, is, a, but... he's been a godsend, man. He's been almost a borderline a number one receiver for us. He's he's been great. Yeah, yeah, it's been perfect. That would be a big loss, especially him and Aguilar and Harry all at the same time. Uh, could you imagine saying two months ago that hey, I'd feel much better about this game if Nikhil Harry was going to play? Yeah, right. <laughs> He had a good game, man. If he could build on that, that that bomb was that big play he had was awesome. Yeah, he needs some of that. It was impressive. He's got big fucking hands, dude. Huh? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, big strong hands. So that's that's the marquee of the game. That is the day after Christmas. Leading up to it, we have a few good games. Most of them are really front loaded on some of these earlier days. Thursday night, San Francisco 49ers going to Tennessee. Another difficult game for the Titans, coming off their loss to the Steelers. I think they're going to keep losing. Niners they don't look hot. good at all. Niners are really Niners hot. Niners are right hot. And the Titans, I think we're seeing, uh, um, what's his name over there? Tannehill really can't. He sucks. It's like if he doesn't have everything around him, he makes mistakes. They can't, you know, can't find guys to throw to. I don't, I don't like them. I think they're going to lose. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they're on the downward slide, aren't they? They're definitely uh, downward. Falling apart. Yeah, I can see them losing. And the Colts are breathing down their neck in that division. Only one game back. The Colts playing on Saturday night against the Cardinals. One team is flying high. The other one is laying low. Uh, it'd be a really good chance for the Cardinals to bounce back on national television at home against this Indianapolis Colts team that might have just won their Super Bowl, in your words, James. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like, this is another tough game. You can't deny that. Arizona's coming off a tough loss. They're a complete opposite ends of the spectrum. I think this is going to be a tough one for Indy. I really do. I think Indy's going to get a take to them, so... I'm hoping Arizona. I want all AFC teams to lose, just in general, besides the Patriots for seeding. But um, if I, I'd, I'd be stunned if Arizona drops this because they're playing for a lot right now, too. Yeah, I mean, you're going into to Arizona, too. So it's not like you have the full crowd noise to, to help yeah, you. The fake crowd noise, exactly. You know? Gotta love so the I'm fake going- crowd noise. Steelers going to Kansas City, that would be a huge 
uh, Huge upset game. if they could pull that off. And uh, I think they TJ will, Watt man. Would need to take that over. Yeah, the the Steelers have a very odd way about them where they're oh you know Big Ben still comeback kid type of thing. Like they they get things moving late. It takes them a long time to get things moving, but they cause a lot of problems in second halves of games. And Kansas City, you know, if they just sure up, basically do what the opposite of what fucking um, the Chargers did last game, where just attack Tyreek Hill and Kelsey. They can't throw to anyone else. And I don't. I think Pittsburgh's smart enough to do that. It's the benefit of good coaching. They're kind of a sneaky team, aren't they? Like every time you think done and dusted, they they sneak out a win against a good team. It's like, okay, maybe don't write them off so easily. But like I said, I think that one tie is going to play, going to play a role. Going to play a role. Also in that division, the Ravens going to Cincinnati, taking on the Bengals. Total coin flip. Lamar Jackson may may be back in this game. He may not be. His backup, Tyler Huntley, looks really good. He looks like looks pretty good. Yeah, he looks a like a really game. good backup for Lamar, huh? He's the perfect backup for Lamar. Uh, like that could go anyway. I think he had like I, 75 rushing yards, but two touchdowns throwing. He looked good, man. I mean, this is for that division too. So it, it seems like seeding the next three weeks is just going to be all over the place. It's going to move a lot. We yeah. all the shifts. Oh, without a doubt. A lot, of, a lot of fairly evenly matched games this weekend. A lot of coin toss games. The Bears, Seattle, Dolphins, and Saints. Jacksonville and the Jets. Uh, there's, mm-hmm. there's just a bit like that that Ravens Bengals game. There's a lot of very evenly matched games. Denver at Vegas. You know, it's Drew Locke. Holy crap, that guy's bad. Wow. Do you see any of the, the, the end of that Denver game? Wow. No. Dude, Bridgewater is Bridgewater okay? I don't know. I didn't see the play. I just saw him on the stretcher, and I, that just is unsettling. Yeah. Yeah. Another unsettling moment. Uh, sorry to change gears a little bit, but if you were watching the Chargers game last week. Donald Parham just on the first play just hit the deck and his, first it, didn't play, even, but... it didn't look like he even really touched the ground with his head and he's yeah convulsing Gross. having seizures it's... and asshole Joe Buck did you hear about this yeah he like didn't even uh, acknowledge it yeah I just want to throw this out there you know that uh it is pretty cold in Los Angeles right now I was like dude are you yeah are you, you think he's me? fucking cold down there what an yeah. asshole yeah that was poor that yeah, you got to feel for him too. I don't know. He's he's been on live TV for thirty years, however long Joe Buck's been doing it. So it's like you should be pretty comfortable with it and not nervous. But yeah, a couple times he's like, "Oh, it's a chilly night here," and then and then he tried to apply it to that situation. It's like, dude, he started convulsing like that as soon as he hit the ground. It's not like he was instantly cold and remained yeah, that way. Terrible. It was a problem. Bad luck. You can't say shit like that. That's ridiculous, dude. Yeah. Uh, I know. Well. We're getting into the, the final stretch of the season right here. Patriots have their, their biggest matchup to date so far, depending on how you want to look at the Tom Brady game. But uh, we didn't even mention Tom Brady lost and totally crippled my fantasy chances in the playoffs this weekend. Thanks, TV. I nothing. Shut down. <laughs> totally. No, he's he out there breaking pissed. tablets. <laughs> old yeah. Classic old Brady. They looked bad. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's the time of year that – you get to get together with your families, and this weekend we get to watch Patriots play their divisional rivals and, and hopefully steal that division crown back from the Bills, who have been holding it for far too long, one season, far too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, anything else we missed? That does it. That's it. That just about does it. Well, thank you both. Thank you all for listening. Have a have a Merry Christmas and uh, Happy Holidays with, with all your loved ones. And uh, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Absolutely. Adios. 
Merry Christmas. Peace.